Welcome to Dicey Stuff, the podcast about life, because, well, the dicey stuff is the realest stuff of our lives. Come along as Lois examines living as a Christian woman in this modern age. Time to roll. Hello, friends. Welcome to Dicey Stuff. My name is Lois Matson. My family is coming home for Christmas, and I am so excited about that. We're going to do a family picture. And we've been talking about, you know, kind of coordinating some clothing and some colors so we don't look like we all just happen to be in the same place at the same time, but that we actually put a little thought and planning into this. So that's been an exciting thing. But I was thinking about clothing. I've been thinking about clothing and dressing for success. And what does that look like? You go to a job interview and you don't wear your pajamas. You wear something suitable for the position that you're applying for. If you are going to apply at a an office where there are business people and the dress code is a suit and a tie or a dress or skirt and jacket and nice shoes then you dress appropriately for that interview. If you are going to a wedding, it's generally acceptable that you dress appropriately for the style of the wedding. If you are going to the beach with your family for a picnic, you're not going to wear a suit and tie. You might not wear shoes at all. You're going to have a swimsuit. You're going to have shorts and a tank top. You're going to be very casual. If you are a construction worker, you don't want a suit and tie. You're going to have jeans. They're going to be, or some kind of thick pants that can protect your legs. You might have a long sleeve shirt on. You might have a hard hat. You might have highly visible colors. You might have eye protection so that you are suitably dressed and protected and prepared for the task that is in front of you. But each of these places and each of these circumstances has what you might consider a dress code where you dress for success. So I've been thinking about something that the scripture says about clothing, and that phrase is, gird up your loins. What does that mean, to gird your loins? This isn't something that we use. We might have a dress for success policy, or we may have a dress code, but I don't know of anybody who's ever girded their loins. So what is that anyway? Well, your loins are your part of your body, your lower, like below your rib cage, down to your pelvis. It's like your center of your body mass, kind of your center of your being, not your heart, but down below your rib cage, the soft part. You know, your rib cage protects your heart and your lungs and the upper part of your chest. But down lower is where your loins are, all the way down to your pelvis, to the top of your thighs. So what does that gird your loins thing? Well, in Bible times, men and women wore tunics. They wore a long piece of cloth wrapped around you 
and they had sandals on their feet. And if you were working or if you were running, if you were performing construction work, if you were in a battle, you needed to be able to move. And this tunic, this long piece of fabric, this robe that you are wearing is going to get in your way and trip you up. So the way that you would gird your loins is to pull up that extra fabric so that it was above your knees. So you didn't have things hanging, pieces of fabric hanging down below your knees. And they would gather that material and they would tie it in such a way that it was snug and it was fitted and it was out of the way. And you have room to move, room to fight, room to run. Now, a lot of times we think male. Males gird their loins. First, males went to battle, right? Biblical times, it was an exclusively male army. Were there occasions for women? Did women gird their loins? Or was it only a masculine thing? Well, there's a place specifically that talks about women girding their loins. And it is in Proverbs chapter 31. You know the Proverbs 31 woman? The virtuous woman whose price is far above rubies? And she has that list of accomplishments that sometimes makes us quake. Well, in the King James, in verse 17, it says, She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. This woman girds her loins with strength. She puts strength on like a garment. I could imagine that women, when they were carrying water, may have to gird their loins if they were walking up steep places where your robe is going to trip you if they had a reason to run. The verse before I read, verse 16 says, She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. If she's planting a vineyard with her own hands, she might have to gird her loins, right? She might have to dress for the task so that she's not tripping over her skirts, over her tunic. So what about today? What does it mean when the scripture talks about girding up the loins of your mind, which is also in the King James? Peter, in his first epistle, his first letter, writes about that. He talks about us being born again, being brought to a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus, and that our inheritance is incorruptible. It doesn't fade, and it's kept in heaven for us. We have a reserved sign in heaven. So even though we may have trials or temptations or suffering, we know that our faith testing, the testing of our faith, is very precious in the eyes of God, and that our faith will be found 
to be praiseworthy, to be honorable at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When he comes back, our faith will become sight. We haven't seen him now, but we will see him. And in this time, even though we suffer, we rejoice at the same time. And Peter says we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And we receive the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls. And then in the first chapter of 1 Peter, verses 13 through 21. And I'm going to read this in the King James. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. It says, gird up the loins of your mind. What does that mean? How do you gather up the robe of your mind that's hanging down around your ankles and tie it up so that it's out of the way, so that it's not tripping you? The ESV says, therefore, preparing your minds for action. When you Gird up your loins of your mind. Your mind is prepared to defend itself as a warrior in battle, to go on the offense against Satan, against the world, against our own flesh, to work, to love your neighbor, to suffer. When your mind is prepared for those things, he talked about being obedient and not fashioning ourselves according to the former lusts. We do not live in the way we used to live. We do not dress ourselves as people of this world. We dress ourselves as redeemed, holy, blessed, precious children of God, faithful, prepared to defend our faith, prepared to serve our neighbor, prepared to love our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbor as ourself, because we have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Not money, not silver or gold, not by tradition, not by our own good works, 
but by the precious blood of Jesus. He is the Lamb who is perfect, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We dress for success in a spiritual way by putting on the armor of God for battle. Paul writes about the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. He also talks about being strong, strong in the Lord, strong in the power of his might, so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. And in the same way that the loins are girded around the center of the body, the belt of truth goes around the center of the body. The breastplate of righteousness covers those vital organs of the heart, the lungs, where we believe, where we breathe. The shoes on our feet are the gospel of peace that we carry around with us when we go. The shield of faith protects us against the fiery darts of the wicked one. The helmet of salvation protects our mind, our brain, which is vitally important. And our offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That is dressed for success, because our faith is under attack in this world by the devil, by the world, by our own sinful flesh, which doesn't want to be subject to anyone or anything. We don't recognize that God's law is there to protect us, not to restrict us. So girding our loins, whether we're a Proverbs 31 woman planting a vineyard, physically or spiritually, girding the loins of our mind, being dressed for success, knowing the scripture, having it hidden within our hearts so that we will not sin against God, using it as an offensive weapon against Satan, sending him away by the power of the word. Because God says, be holy as he is holy. The King James says, be holy in all manner of conversation. That's in our lives. The King James uses conversation as your way of life. In all the ways that you live, all the people that you come in contact with, everywhere you go, your family, your friends, your co-workers. Be holy. Wear your armor. Gird your loins. Physically, if that's what you need to do to carry water and plant vineyards, or the loins of your mind. Protect the important parts and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our faith and our hope are in God, who raised Jesus from the dead, who glorified his son. May your Christmas be blessed. I am excited to have my family here. We get to spend a week together, and I'm looking forward to it so much. And those family pictures, I'm sure, will be beautiful. We will be dressed appropriately. God's peace be with you. Oh, hey, DSPS. Thank you for 
your support of Dicey Stuff over this past year. It's been a blessing to me, an incredible blessing. And I thank you all for your words of encouragement. May your Christmas be focused on the Christ child who came as a lamb without spot and blemish, who was born God incarnate, God in the flesh for you. He was ordained before the foundation of the world, but he became flesh for you. Hope in him, friends. He will never fail you. Oh, hey, DSPPS. I forgot what I was going to use for my DSPS until this morning. The reason I had been thinking about clothing and girding your loins and dressing for success is because of something that I read in a devotional. I have a daily devotional that is called Day by Day We Magnify You. And they're Luther quotes taken from sermons, taken from writings, from letters. Someone has taken them and gathered them and put them together for the whole year. And it's a beautiful book. It's very encouraging and very hopeful. So if you haven't read it, go get it. Day by day, we magnify you. Daily readings of Martin Luther. But this was a week or two ago. The text that was used was from Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. The ESV says, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And the King James says, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And all of these are prefaces to be ready like the person who is waiting for his master to return from the wedding. And when his master gets home and knocks on the door, you're able to open the door immediately. You're ready. You're prepared for your master's or Lord's return. And that is the key. We dress for action to be ready for our Lord's return. We're in that season of Advent yet for another week. We're waiting for the coming. Yeah, we're going to celebrate the first coming, but we look forward to the second coming. I want to read to you from this devotional a couple of paragraphs about this verse. When you set out on a journey, you must lay aside your long, wide garments. You must be dressed for action. For Jesus says, be prepared and attentive to the game. Have lit candles in your hands. Be cunning and skillful, for there is nothing certain. Death comes to your homestead, but that hour remains unknown to you. Work as if you were to live without end, yet be of such a mind as if you were going to die at this hour. Such is the true meaning of being dressed for action, that we live in expectation of Christ, the bridegroom. But such teaching casts us down and calls us to repentance. For no one will be so prepared that he or she may expect the day of the Lord with a joyful heart. We love so dearly our most wicked foe, the flesh, that we do not wish to die. If you do not yet know that you are not dressed for action, 
Cry to your God and sigh unto him, and he will forgive you. But God will not forgive those who despise his word and are sure of themselves. Indeed, he will count their wickedness against them for evil. God can suffer weakness, but wickedness and contempt he cannot endure. Therefore, let those who find themselves not thus inclined confess to God and pray for his help, that they may become thus dressed for action, and God will forgive them and help them graciously. That quote is taken from Sermons from the Year 1537. There's a little prayer at the end that says, Give me, Lord God, a proper sense of my finitude and a firm trust in your abiding love. Amen. Work as if you were to live without end, yet be of such a mind as if you were going to die at this hour. Take care, friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dicey Stuff, the podcast where Lois talks about this big dicey adventure called life. You're welcome to send your comments and feedback to DiceyStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you would, subscribe and share. Until next time, roll on, friends.